Welcome to In The Hunt Podcast. We will bring clarity to the complex game of golf. Start your path to better play today. This is Brian Bailey from Charlottesville, Virginia, and I'm joined with Mark Sweeney from Windermere, Florida, and we welcome you to The Hunt. Welcome to this week's episode of In The Hunt. Uh, This is Brian Bailey here, and we're going to bring back Pub Talk. So we're in gallery view. So just to remind the boys that all of us are being recorded at all times. So keep facial gestures and uh, finger waves to a minimum. Um, Also inside of this, uh, let's jump in here and say hello to Mark Sweeney. Mark, how are you doing today? I'm doing just fine. Thanks. Lazy Sunday today. Good day for a drink and and a little Pub Talk carry on. What's your drinking choice of the day today? Uh, I'm still on the, the Jack and Coke today. Very good. Very I good. had last two weeks ago when we did this, and it just feels – for 11 in the morning, it feels right. <laughs> it does. The, 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 the over-the-pond boys don't appreciate the fact that we have to drink early today. Um, today I'm going with uh, – behind me, you can see uh, there's a local distillery in town. Um, I'm having the Strange Monkey Gin from our Silverback, who is – Actually, our distillery is owned by our local congressman. How great is that, America? Um, and uh, I'll bet you he doesn't pay taxes either. Uh, he got a really good grant uh, making hand uh, sanitizers for the local hospitals off of uh, bad run alcohol batches. So a lot of the uh, hand sanitizers in Charlottesville actually smell like their alcohol drinks, which is kind of funny. Um, so uh, my drink of choice is called a monkey gland. Um, it's grenadine, it's uh, vodka, I mean uh, gin, it's orange juice, and a little bit of absinthe. So if I start hallucinating, start seeing things, you'll understand why. But this is a, definitely the drink of choice at the Bailey household. My wife made this for me. She was lovely. How about you, Gareth? What's your drink of choice today? Right, I'm going with a classic, the Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Uh, just a little hat tip towards America, as you like to keep calling it. And uh, it's a beautiful day here in Ireland. been for a run, been for... Did a little bit of gardening, going to have a barbecue later on. So, what, you know, let's, let's raise a glass and have some fun over the next 45 minutes. I agree. And I ran today. I ran to the refrigerator. I ran to the bathroom. I've been running all day, too. Hey, Jamie Donaldson, how about you? What is, what's your drink of choice? My drink today is I've gone cultured today. I've got a gin and tonic. and I'm in the London gin bar, you can see. So it's a very posh, posh afternoon for me, followed nice. also by a barbecue. Nice. So, uh, I guess the plan after this is uh, the recipes for y'all's drinks, send them to me. Like uh, I know with Mark, with his uh, Jack and Coke, he likes to do four parts Jack, one part Coke. So we'll just go ahead no, and put no, up no, your no. recipes. I call it a splash of Coke. That's not even one fourth Coke. It's a splash. So we'll, we'll put your recipes up if anybody wants to uh, try any of the drinks that we're having. So today's pub talk is going to really be kind of centered around the restart, the reboot of 2020. Uh, golf season started in the States here and in Europe for a month or two, and then uh, the world decided to slow everything down. So kind of uh, this is kind of a reflection of us, what, what, what we did during the, this time period where things were quiet, and also kind of looking forward to what's getting ready to happen with the reboot. Um, one thing that I'm excited about is sports coming back. I'm amazed. I used to – like, I don't watch that much sports. I don't care. I'm amazed by how much – sports i actually miss i sit down on the weekends and i'm flipping through and watching old events is great but uh i really miss sports so i'm excited that sports uh here in the states i think nascar is coming back in the next couple weeks not a huge nascar fan but you better believe i'm gonna sit down and watch it 
Uh, and then, like I said, golf in June. They're talking basketball, baseball, uh, all this stuff coming back. So I'm really excited about that and what that means. Like I said, it, it's amazing how interwoven sports is in culture. And I think this is a piece that we're missing in the States. And I think it'd be a piece that'll help a lot of people kind of get used to the new normal. So uh, what are you guys' thoughts on sports coming back? Well, I tell you what I've learned is that I could care less about replays on Golf Channel. Like, I just have no interest. Because I watch a lot of the tournaments live on the weekends. You know, not as much during the week, but on the weekends. And I just, you know, I hate to say it, but I really don't care to watch them again. <laughs> you know, it's like I really want some live action. I'm excited about getting some live tournaments back on for sure. But I really have no interest in any replay on sports at all, frankly. And so it's been a real, real gap for me. You know, it's all been trying to find something on Netflix that's not dubbed in English or in a foreign language. <laughs> I agree. No, I, agree. I, I'm a, I, I would say sports is true reality TV. It's definitely something you need to watch live and, and kind of have that experience. And then, yeah, recorded and passed. Uh, yeah, I can't. I'm the same. I, I can't do it. I, I tried. Uh, but it's just, it's too hard. How about yourself, Jamie? Yeah, I've, uh, I've missed the Saturday, Sunday. Uh, watching the golf, for sure. Football, I've missed massively. Uh, you know, I live in, I've got three boys. Uh, they're all mad keen on football. So there's always a television with a soccer match on. Um, so I've definitely missed watching the football with my boys and watching my boys play football. Um, but the other thing I've missed is, uh, you know, check watching the scores come in on the phone or, you know, the website for the tours, watching players uh, maneuver positions um, and, and basically tracking all the guys I work with that play professionally. I've, 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 what I've realized in this time is, you know, what they're, they're obviously competing and, you know, they're in the ring and, they're, and they're, 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 they're in the heat of the battle. But I mean, I feel like I'm part of the team watching the scores and living their highs and their lows as well. So, so I've, I've definitely missed the, uh, the, the watching the scores from the tournaments uh, and seeing how the guys are doing. Definitely. How about you, Gareth? I've actually had a lot of fun watching some Shell's Wonderful World of Golf. Um, going, back to the, going back to the really good stuff, your Hogan's, your Sneed's, um, Walter Hagen. I watched Nicholas Watson and Pebble Beach. I really enjoy that. Going back to, you know, wooden golf clubs, blade irons, Hearing these guys hitting one irons that look like, you know, butter knives to the par 3 17th in Pebble Beach. And, and I wonder, have we at some point transitioned across to, you know, the, the pound, the, the grind and pound kind of golf? And, and the artistry seems to have gone somewhat. And I've really enjoyed going back and watching some of that artistry, I have to say. Um, what Jamie was saying there about football, you know, we have the same in Ireland, small communities and, and our Gaelic clubs, which is the, the uh, indigenous sports here, Gaelic football and hurling. They're critical to the community. Um, and, and that sense of belonging. So I'm, I'm, I'm keen to see them reopen just for people's mental health as much as everything else and th to get people back involved in that stuff, you know? Yeah, like yeah. I said, it, it is really amazing how sports plays such a big role. People don't even think about it. Not even talking the industry of like the economic engine of sports, but just the, the ability for people to come together and root for something as a collective, I think is a piece that I think the world really needs. So I'm a big fan whenever they can get them going, whether there's fans in the stands or not, get sports rolling, make, make the world happy again. Yeah. It gives yeah. people something to talk about. And the hooligans will come back out in, in England, the soccer hooligans. <laughs> but they'll have something, they need something to pillage and burn down. There'll, there'll be six, 
they'll be six to eight feet, so it'll be more like the locusts coming through now because there'll be such a wider swath. They'll just take out larger, larger blocks of area instead of being they'll just, central. They'll just get longer knives. They'll, they'll stab you with swords <laughs> instead of pocket knives. <laughs> no one's got a reason to hate each other at the moment, and it's, it's just – it really shows. <laughs> it really, it really shows. shows. <laughs> yeah. All right, boys. Any, well, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you a funny story, actually. Um, well, not a funny story, but a funny thing. <laughs> is um, when you go out now and go out on the bike or walk in the dog, um, what used to happen is uh, you'd say hello to someone and they'd look back at you and, uh, and you know, do I know you? Why are you talking to me sort of thing? But now everyone's greeting each other and saying hello, morning, what have you. So um, it'd be interesting to see if that still continues. Yeah, I've noticed the same thing, actually. Humanity's gotten a little more uh, humane. That's a good thing. <laughs> It'll revert back. Just wait till, wait till the games open up. <laughs> I know, it's terrible. Um, I think a, a cool reflection before we start talking about going forward here, let's talk about kind of reflecting over the last God, eight weeks, depending on where you are, you know, with being a different amount of quarantines, everybody being stuck indoors. What, what has this provided us as a group, as an individual? Um, I know it's not ideal situations, but, what what have we learned from ourselves? What are we going to bring into our teaching? Uh, you know, kind of reflection over the last couple of weeks when life has slowed down, and and what have what have you learned from, about yourself or your teachings uh, here over the last couple of weeks since when you've been stuck indoors? Hey, you want to start with? Go for it, Gareth. Uh, I'm sorry, Gareth. Okay, got mesmerized by his shirt. I got I got lulled into his shirt. I couldn't I couldn't. Uh, it's not the shark shirt, though, is it? Is that the shark shirt? Yeah. Talk already, yeah. Um, well, it wouldn't be right if we were in the pub if I didn't have some kind of shirt on. Uh, okay, so Brian, the big, the big, the big thing really for me, um, I, I've, I didn't realize I was on the hamster wheel, and now I realize just how much I was on a hamster wheel, where I was literally spinning like crazy, had all these, uh, all these balls in the air, different projects, different stuff, convinced I could get them all across the line, and in, in they. They're, they're relevant time frames, and I've stepped out. I've actually never been busier than probably I have been in the last eight weeks, but everything I'm doing, I'm really enjoying it, be that my gym work, be it the reading or the research I'm doing, the writing that I'm doing, engaging with you guys, uh, and I've really, I've really taken stock of, well, what do I want more of my life going forward, and, and more importantly, what do I need to eliminate, because um, I've been doing a lot of stuff prior to this enforced break that I reflect upon now and realize I just don't enjoy doing it. And so it's up to me to eliminate some of that stuff and, uh, and, and get more of what I want. Um, you know, in terms of learning, just interacting with, with, uh, with this group is great because we have different perspectives and we, we bring different concepts and ideas to the table. There's been a huge amount of stuff released in the last week, eight weeks um, on, the, on the internet with different groups, different webinars, et cetera. I, I just really look at it all and I think golf's got so complicated and I'd love to bring simple back to the game. I'd, exactly. I'd love to say, you know, the objective here, folks, is you tee it up in the first hole and you hit that little white thing till it goes in the hole. And then you do that for another 17 times. And then you, what was my number at the end? Right. So I, I really think as a sport, we've got to get people playing the game of golf rather than how's my swing, blah, blah, blah. We should be looking at performance more and more and, and technique less and less in my opinion. Nice. How about how about you, Mark? 
Yeah, I mean, as, as far as being around, being productive, I used to always think that leaving the house meant being productive. You know, if I'm not out doing something on the golf course or traveling, I wasn't being productive. I'm realizing I can be super productive being in the house for two weeks straight, basically. Um, it's different, you know, but, but it's much more focused on things that I want to be doing that are helping, uh, whether it's research or developing new products or whatever. It's been, it's been a, actually a very productive time period. And so it'll be interesting to see the balance when we do totally open back up again, how, how I rebalance what I used to do with, with what I'm doing now. Um, it, as far as, yeah, I mean, Gareth's right. There's been a zillion webinars and lots of really great information on there, but very little of it is, is simple. A lot of it is very technical, very complicated. Uh, a lot of it is geared towards the top 1% of 1% of golfers in the world trying to shave a 10th of a shot off their stroke average. Um, and a lot of it doesn't necessarily apply to 95% of all golfers and, and it's fascinating stuff and it's, it's really high end and it's, um, very stimulating intellectually. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, the majority of coaches are going out and teaching, you know, people who are shooting in the nineties, um, and, and how do you help them? And, 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 and frankly, you know, I learned a, a while ago that not everybody who takes a lesson necessarily wants to get a lot better. You know, there's people who, who are driven to get dramatically better. that are obsessed with golf and becoming scratch. There's people who just want to enjoy the game a little bit more and not make as many penalties and not be, there's people who just don't want to be embarrassed when they go out. There's people who just enjoy having a chat with their golf instructor for an hour while they're learning some new things, you know, so there's, you've really got to understand your student and what, you know, what, what is it they're really after? And I think as golf pros, we get, especially when you're working with, you know, high performance players, you get stuck on this. We have to get better. We have to get better. We have to get better. And to be honest, a lot of people, that's not their number one priority in life, you know, and especially getting complicated with them. You're going to lose, you're going to lose them a lot. Um, sometimes it's just getting marginally better. Just, I don't want to hit in the, hit in the water as often, you know, in Florida, we have water on every hole. I want to hit in the water once around, not three times around. Um, or I want to three putt a little bit less, but you know, they're, they're never going to be tour players and they don't want to be tour players. Nice. How about yourself, Jamie? Well, I've, I've been homeschooling our seven-year-old. So I've learned a lot about me as a That's a handful, because I know your seven-year-old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's a handful. And um, I've, learned, I've learned a lot about, um, well, there's, there's two ways of answering this question. First of all, I've missed uh, the relationship of coaching. I've missed the time I spend with my clients. I've missed... Um, the, you know the the communication with them and and I, I actually miss I enjoy coaching you know I, I, it's not a job it's it's a, a nice time spent on a green with someone making them better at, at, at something they love so um, it's made me realize how fortunate I am for with what I do uh, and uh, like Mark said it's there's there's many levels of expectancy from our clients uh, regarding their golf and some people just want to have a nice hour get a little bit better at something uh, and then there's the players that are you know that, that are intent or very focused on getting better and 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 worried about everything they do will it affect them and they're they're balancing their books constantly so so that's quite a demanding type of lesson but it's also enjoyable because it's a bit of game of cat and mouse with some of them uh, but yeah, you know, homeschooling Woody has, has taught me a lot. Um, he's been, <laughs> he's School been is worth every, the price you pay. <laughs> well, the first thing you realize is they're scared of their teachers. So there's a discipline there and seven <laughs> weeks of not going to school, the discipline starts to we waver a little bit. Um, but you know, 
so so with him we'd get our our coursework and our online learning and every day there's a an, it, they update it and i would i started out by trying to to go with uh the new subjects every day got to get this done tomorrow we're going to be doing this the next day we're going to be doing that then after about three weeks um i sort of picked two or three key pieces for maths if you like it would be subtraction division fractions multiplication and decided just to focus on sort of some of the, the real key skills that he'll need when he goes back to school um and the funny thing is is we spent you know day after day doing the same thing let's take uh, multiplication tables for example we, we took a long we did them over a longer period bite-sized chunks lots of you know, every now and then we'd ask him a multiplication question and it's like the, the light switch has come on. Um, and I think what we were trying to do was, uh, we're trying to teach him too much too soon. And I think he's, he's now that he's got all these other key skills, he, he can figure the rest out. Um, so, so maybe when it comes back to our coaching, it's, I think a lot of coaches and I've certainly been guilty of this in the past, feel the need to, splurge information onto the player tell them everything they're doing and how how it's going to affect them and what they should be doing when when maybe the slow and steady wins the race approach is is better for them that's, that's neat uh I, i've been fortunate um kind of like jamie said having this long period of time um with game forge you know to me that's not work it's, it's a passion and a love so anytime i'm doing anything game forge oriented it doesn't seem like work whether it's talking with a new person or you know, doing skunk work projects and creating new ways of, of understanding performance. So to me, like these eight weeks have been, you know, I've actually enjoyed the heck out of them. I picked up a new player, LPGA player down in Florida. So the last six weeks I've been working on short game, haven't seen her once. It's just been text messages, conversations back and forth. And it's been spectacular what she's been able to learn. Uh, just by me guiding and letting her actually do the learning. And it's really fun. She wrote me last night and she's like, let's come up with this big practice plan. And blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, um, I'll work on it tomorrow. Just throw something together tonight, send it to me and, and we'll, we'll compare notes. And, you know, I played her. She created her entire practice plan, well thought out, you know, defined everything she wanted to do, sent it to me. And I, what did I say? It's perfect. 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 <laughs> So, so uh, I think it's been kind of fun because I've, you know, I've pulled back on what I'm trying to teach. I'm just saying, hey, our goal this week is to master this component, whatever we're trying to work on, you know, and I send her random challenges and, and things. And it's just more of her experiencing and learning and learning what she needs to do to perform well. And then, like I said, I'm just back there as a, you know, as a, as a guy to kind of navigate the system and help her. And it's been, it's been really spectacular. So, um, something I've never really done before. So this was kind of an online slash component that I've never done. And it actually worked out really, really well. And it's something we might need to think about in Game Forge in the future. But it's worked out really, really well. And uh, I've really, it's been really fun. And like I said, I enjoy, kind of like Jamie said, I get that text message um, from the player. And she's like, I'm doing this and it's so much better. Or I'm, I'm, you know, I'm stuck here. Can you help me a little bit or whatnot? So it's been, it's been really, really fun. How about Jamie? Did you have something? Yeah, I mean, I think there's because there's no there's no urge to have it right and to get it right now. It makes it easier for people to learn um, because there's always the next game in their mind. There's always the next score, the next tournament, or they're they're constantly monitoring what level they're at. 
So with this, with no golf going on or no school going on, because there's no measurement, um, that may be easier to absorb the information and to make the changes. No, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. I think what's been really, you know, every player I still work with, I, you know, I'm like, this can be a curse. You can be mad that the season's not going and you're stuck indoors or whatnot, or you can think of it as a blessing and say, here are the things I need to work on here. I have a second chance to get organized, to start the season again. Um, and, and I think the play, and this is kind of goes into the future, like who's going to perform well out the gate when all the tours start kicking off again. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens, but I, my gut feeling would be the player that sees this as a, as a blessing and is restructuring and organizing and getting ready to take off and being excited about the fact the season's starting instead of saying, Oh my God, the season's starting finally. Uh, it'll be really, really interesting. Gareth, you have something for us? Yeah, I think Brian, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how people have utilized this time, but also the first three or four tournaments back, if somebody has a bit of a slow start, <clears throat> are they going to hit the panic button and start to change things on mass and sack coaches and change caddies? Or will they stand by the work that they've done over this enforced off period and trust that the results will come, uh, provided, of course, they've been measuring what they've been doing correctly um, based on that work? Or, or as I say, will people start hitting panic buttons and go, my God, I've, I've got a shortened season as it stands already. What am I going to do to make enough money to keep my card? Yeah, you know, with a short season, anytime you compress the time frame for people to, to get their starts and make their money, you increase the pressure. So they're going to come back in July. They're going to have, you know, four, three, four months fewer than they usually have to get their starts. People who typically would get fewer starts might have a hard time getting any starts now because most of the top players are just going to go play, 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 play. Um, and so the, 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 the temperature is definitely going to be going to go up. You know, there's definitely going to be a lot more pressure on, on everybody, especially if they have a slow start in July, which a lot of people are going to start slow in July. I promise you that, um, you know, they won't get going probably till August, September, a lot of players. So, so whoever hits the ground running is going to have a big advantage, I think. Nice. Nice. Anyone have a topic they want to bring up? I'll throw something in here, Brad. I, I, get, I, I was reflecting on this over the last uh, 24 hours. I thought this, you know, this off period is a chance for a reboot. And we've just spoken about ourselves and what we've learned maybe or what we might change going forward. I, I was reflecting on what I'd like to see change in, in the golf arena going forward, uh, particularly in professional tournaments, because I, I, I got to say, I don't watch modern golf much at all. I watch the back nine and the majors. Um, if somebody I'm coaching is involved at some scale, fine. I'll, I'll definitely, obviously, be, be staying tuned into that. But by and large, I find a Thursday to Sunday 72-hole format um, with with mainly non-emotive players kind of hard to watch, to be honest with you. And I'd love to see them do something different. And this is their chance to maybe introduce some different concepts, like random. You know, what can they do? Can they do a three-club tournament over 18 holes? Can they can they have a tournament where you're only allowed to carry seven golf clubs? Can they, can they do some things that will get the viewers uh, intrigued again? And could we then see that filtered out into amateur golf? Because Jimmy and I spoke about this recently. Amateur golf in the UK and Ireland, it's all about, oh, we have to be playing in a competition, signing a scorecard, et cetera, et cetera. I really hope people come back to golf on the back end of this and go, I am so grateful to be out here. I just want to enjoy this for the pure pleasure of walking around this beautiful golf course and hitting the ball. If it's not my day to day, it doesn't matter because I'm having fun with my friends and I'm getting to do things that I want to do. And it's such a privilege. Um, and how do we inject a bit of fun into that and get people intrigued with golf? And maybe I don't like the term grow the game. I just, it doesn't, it doesn't sit well with me. I think it's all about business, but I do like the idea of there are a lot of people out there 
that golf can bring something to their lives, but we have to show them that. So I'd, I'd, li I'd like to see something done there. Nice. I think, uh, I think golf is in it. It's kind of funny. It's a, because it's such an individual sport. They could really, you know, I love the fact that Tiger and Phil, you know, the 40 plus year olds are playing against each other and they're bringing in football players and playing a match. Like I think golf, again, it's about the star and it's about the individual. I think PGA a lot of times doesn't highlight the star well enough and start creating brands outside of that. Like NBA basketball is all about the star and they brand them and they move them really well. I think the PGA tour could do, could learn a little bit from NBA on saying, here's my stars, portray them differently and put them in, in situations where people would want to watch, you know, I'm, you're drawn, you know, like Dustin Johnson, you're drawn to him for a reason. You know, he's got, off field, off course stuff. He's got on course. He's spectacular. Like there's a lot of reasons people are drawn to watch Dustin play, like target him, put him in situations. And, and like I said, kind of build the brand off the individual as well. But again, the, you know, golf is a big, slow moving Leviathan. Um, Mark can t talk about that inside of aim point, how long that took to get accepted. And even us in game forge, we're slowly growing. You know, it's been a almost a five year process with us. And, you know, we're, you know, people are like, well, you're the next big thing. Well, we've been here for five years. Like, you know, and so I think that growth of inside of golf is really difficult. I would love to see golf grow and do it differently. Like you said, be, be a little more outside of the box, still keep your tournaments, you know, keep that running because you need the business of it running because, you know, in the States, the PGA Tour is a nonprofit. They give tons of money to charities um, and, and, and things along that. So that's phenomenal. But again, I would love for them to be able to start targeting it and, and emphasizing golf and showing it in a little different light. I think it'd be fascinating. Yeah, I'd like to see, you know, a couple more team events a year because, you know, team events are, are a whole different dynamic like Ryder Cup than, than individuals. And I don't know how they would organize it, frankly, because right now they do Ryder Cup and President's Cup and Olympics and that's about it. But it'd be fascinating if there was some sort of format where you could have some sort of team event and see if that got a little bit more um, traction with golf versus just individuals out there every single week playing against each other, you know, all but two weekends a year, basically. Nice. There's a, a great chance there, Mark, to do something with a, an event. I, I think a, a, a mixed event. Ladies, gents, you know, let's, let's, uh, yeah, let's like see that. Yeah, something like that could work really well. Mm. All right. Anyone else have a good topic for us? Jamie Donaldson. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I wonder um, what's going to happen with regards to player rankings, qualifying schools, things like that. Uh, I, I don't. I I can't for life of me think how they're going to. Overcome the idea of uh, it. Well, if you've got a player who was going to tour school in at the end of this year, they they're not they realistically aren't going to get to play on tour until uh, two thousand twenty three. Twenty three. Twenty two. Yeah, it's possible. So, so you've got all these young guys now who. Uh, I've got two years of nothing. Well, they have two years to build the game, but they, they, <laughs> but they get, yeah, but I mean, I, yeah, no, it's, you know, these, these developmental tours aren't set up for earnings and long, you know, yeah. 
it, it's it's i think you know and what what do you do about um the guy that's leading the order of merit at the end of this year does does he is he the order of merit winner uh do do the do the top five or you know there's there's no one's going to be ranked up from challenge tour to european tour because there's no tournaments and if there are if they have played three tournaments are they going to deliver a tour card to the top 15 based upon how they did in that event, those three events, um, you know, and, and just like uh, top 100 keep their cards or top 110, uh, what's going to happen to if you, if they only play three events and you finish 121st, they didn't give them a long enough sample of tournaments to earn enough money to keep their card. You know, yeah, uh, and that's where the pressure builds there, especially if you have you know fewer than ten tournaments. That's yeah, that's like Monday qualifying. You know, make yeah. it happen. You got you got one round or you're out. Yeah, and you've got, also you've got the you know the big events that only the top fifty in the world can play in. Um, they all tend to start happening around you know this sort of time of year. So well, so yeah, I think it's a it's a double edged sword, right? I think depending on the way the governing bodies break, they might say, we haven't played enough. We'll just reboot next year. You know, that's a, so if I'm on tour, that's a plus because I get to remain on tour, you know? So I think it really is going to boil down to how many rounds they get in and what do the governing bodies kind of predict? How, how are they going to kind of move forward? So there's like, a, like in any situation, there's going to be winners and losers. There's, you know, there's going to be a group that's going to benefit from it. And there's going to be a group that's not, that's, you know, it's life. So well, I think it's, It'll be fascinating on where they go um, governing body-wise. Like you said, if they only play three events, maybe they just, you know, kind of like what did colleges do last year with, you know, they said, if you want to come back as a senior, you want to come back one more year, that's fine. Well, you, you can come back. So they didn't punish them. Now what does that do for scholarships and stuff inside of college? It's mayhem. Because now I have another player that was going to leave. I have scholarship money. It's, it's, it's chaos. Yeah. So, I, again, I think it really depends on how the organization structures it and, there's going to be people that are going to lose, definitely. But, you know, the, the governing bodies in golf are not famous for making good decisions, are they? They, they make Fast decisions. <laughs> yeah. And this is, this is a, I mean, it's, well, let's, let's, let's embellish a little bit more on this. The first three events on Challenge Tour were all in South Africa. So a lot of the good players didn't play in it because it's, it's a bit of an upheaval. They let that three weeks go and then they were due to start it wherever that was near a home. You know, the, the players that pick and choose their schedule all of a sudden uh, could be at a massive disadvantage. So you could have a player who's, who didn't want to play in those because he's that good. He knows he'll make enough money in the, the tournaments through the year. And you've got a player that went, let's say he made one cut out of those three events and earned 50 euros. You know, he could be, one guy could lose his playing rights and he could keep them. Jamie, isn't that a bit like you could have had a packed restaurant for the first three months of the year, right? And, and a guy who produces hand sanitizers on his hands and knees because he can't make any money, fast forward two months and all of a sudden the hand sanitizer dude is, you know, when I'm going to buy my first yacht and you're looking at an empty restaurant. It's, it's, it, it, <laughs> the chaos is Congressman chaos. from Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, Vote for him in November. <laughs> I, think, I think whatever decision they make, there's going to be a lot of up disgruntled people. Yeah, but it, it, it's it's yeah. it's going to be chaotic, and people who you know Q school graduates from last year trying to get starts on the LPGA this year, like good luck. Yeah, you know, good luck. They're going to be 
they might be a year and a half before they play a, uh, a tournament. Yeah, that, it's going to be really challenging again because even yeah, if you if you got some standing, you know, if, if you're not in the field right now, you're done. Just you better be playing Symmetra and trying to earn your card that way or get ready for Q schools. I, I think it really, I think what it really is going to have to boil down to is it's going to be Q schools is probably the fairest way they're going to be able to do it. And they're just going to have to pull some of the exemptions if people can't play. But again, you know, the governing bodies, they're really good at ready, fire, aim. So who knows what they'll come up with. They might come up with bigger fields. But, um, you know, uh, I guess the four round, well, we, you've heard it from us. We only watch the golf Saturdays and Sundays. So, so potentially the, the Thursday to Sunday playing schedule might be a, a thing that changes more, you know, sprint style 36 hole tournaments. Yeah, I, I used to pay attention to viewership um, Thursday, Friday versus Saturday, Sunday on uh, the networks in the U.S. And and certainly the viewership on Saturday, Sunday is dramatically higher than than the weekdays. The ad rates go up, everything goes up, but they still make money on Thursday, Friday. So that that's still going to happen. You know, so much of sports, especially football, is driven by uh, TV money. You know, anything that's going to earn money on TV, they're going to do it just full stop. Yeah. All right, Mark, you have a topic for us? Do I have a topic? No, y'all have kind of covered all the topics I want to talk about. You know, I, I just think it's going to be a pressure cooker when everybody gets back in there, you know, and I'll stop y'all. So, you <laughs> know, when, when you make me, when you make me go last. One topic, oh, this is what you come up with. Come on. Yes, guys. Well, when I go last, everybody else steals my topic. So, so there we go. <laughs> Cheers to that, right? No, I just think it's going to be a massive pressure cooker. All the things we're talking about, it's going to be a little bit chaotic depending how many uh, events these tours can get in. People who, you know, if, you, if you're not playing a tour event for a year, you've got to sustain yourself somehow. Yeah. You know, it's not free to be sitting out there doing nothing. Um, and that's hard. That's a hard part about golf. That's a hard part about, you know, the mini tours is you're, they're not designed to get rich off of. You know, you've got to have sponsorships somewhere in there willing to stick it out. Uh, otherwise, you're going to have a really tough time. So, you know, a lot of people get shook out of the system, unfortunately, I think. Um, it's just, it's just, it's unfortunate, but that's the world we live in. So now it's going to be, it's going to be a real test of who can step up to the plate for the second half of the year and, and make it happen. It kind of goes back to my, my running joke. Anytime I go visit Mark, when you're in LA, you go to a restaurant and all the waiters and waitresses are aspiring actresses and actors. You go to Orlando, you go to a restaurant and everyone's an aspiring golf professional. They're all golf pros and you're <laughs> a mile away. They're, they're all, all wearing the same all, clothes at the same hat and at the same tan line. They're all, they're all future PGA and LPGA players. So this is the, the double doozy for them is they can't even go work at uh, the local restaurants to, to continue moving. But, but I agree. Right. I, think, I think the pressure, and this would be, an, like I said, I think this would be an exciting uh, research topic for sociologists to kind of dive into this and say, what changed, here are the things, and what, what type of personality, what type of person – excelled when this happened and which which personality kind of or you know kind of shrunk when this all happened i think it's i mean i think the research that'll come out of covid uh is going to be absolutely phenomenal um over time just uh, humanity wise how how things happen but i think in sports especially golf you know you either make the cut or you don't there's no there's no salary there's no you know guaranteed contract stuff so i think that's going to be really fascinating yeah, well, it's one of the truest meritocracies in sports is is golf. 
you know, it doesn't matter who you are unless you want a major, you got a, you know, you got a multi-year exemption on a major. But other than that, I don't care who you were two years ago. If you're not performing, you're, you're done, you're out. And there's hardly any sports that are like that. Quickly forgotten as well. Quickly forgotten. Well, it was really funny. Mark and I were doing some preparation for a presentation and we were going through some names and we're like, <laughs> I thought it was one person. He goes, no, no, no. That's a completely different sport. <laughs> like, oh yeah, yeah. That's that guy's name. So it is really funny how, how people come in and out on tours. You remember them, they do something and then they're gone. Um, so it's, it's really fascinating. Uh, golf is golf turnover. Golf on, is heartless. <laughs> yeah, golf personality turnover is really, really fast. It's a very short memory. Yeah. That, that well, mistake, it, that sorry, mistake, dude. Brian, has nothing to do with your spelling then. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> it's, it's the age old adage. You'll always get 15 minutes of limelight, right? That's right. About once, you've them, yeah. once you've had them, it's somebody else's turn. That's true. They're, you know, we're, we're spoiled because, you know, the, the top 10 kind of stay there for, you know, top 10 people stay there for long periods of time. So, you know, you, you get to know them, but the people moving up and down under them, they're coming and going. And it's, you know, like, like the NFL here in the States, you know, you're looking at less than a three year career. And I would say golf is probably fairly similar other than the, you know, the quarterback, you know, the Tom Brady that lasts 20 years, you got Tiger Woods. So you have the elites that just do it year after year, but, but the people in the masses, it's kind of phenomenal to, to watch them come and go and, and then uh, where they end up. That could be an entire show in itself. Yeah. I mean, remember Bill said the other day in our data science talk, he said that, you know, a, a top high school player looking to go to college in the U.S. for football has, only has a 2% chance of playing one year in the NFL as a top high school player. So you got 2% chance of playing one year and that's it. So you better have some alternative, you know, plans and some, some plan B's if that doesn't work out. That's, that's pretty scary. That goes back, Mark, to, to, to what Jimmy was saying there, you know, about is it going to be three tournaments in Challenge Tour? Is it going to be 12 tournaments? Whatever, you know, or, or are they not going to suddenly get on tour for 18 months um, delay compared to what they previously perceived? And I think, you know, uh, Brian, you were chatting about having a, a, well, getting a player to create their own plan and then tell them it was awesome. Um, you know, it's great to have plans, but you also have to be prepared to rip them up. Because at some point in time, there will be a second COVID or the likes. And, and all of this will, will this, this could become the new norm for all of us. And uh, yeah, give golf your, your best, absolute best shot. But please, in the background, have another plan just in case you need it. Of great respect for Harrington. Harrington went and became a certified accountant, qualified accountant, before he pursued his professional golf career. He had that backup plan. Nice. So uh, we're looking at about 40 minutes right now so we'll start shutting this pub talk down uh jamie donaldson any closing thoughts jokes um bulls anything along that line oh. now, i'm very sophisticated today with my gin and tonic um very controlled in that environment isn't he it's good it's good yeah um no i think um i've just i've started booking lessons for june the first onwards so i'm excited about that and you know just doing it and I've been getting messages from people booking in and players and it's I feel like we're over the, the worst and having a target date to start coaching again and start getting back to normal is, is exciting nice nice Gareth any closing thoughts I, I just love being in the pub with you guys you know it's uh 
it's such a comfortable environment for me. We've done it enough. Very natural, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess, Brian, look, we, we, we've all held the line to this point. Um, as Jimmy's just said there, Ireland's similar. We, we, we are starting to see some chinks of light, and there's hopefully a relaxation of certain um, lockdown coming. So let, let's just see this through now. If we've got this far, we're one under through 17. For Christ's sake, don't make a triple up 18. Let's just get it home. <laughs> nice. Uh, Mark, how about yourself? Uh, yeah, same thing here. We're starting to see things open up. I'm starting to get um, calls for scheduling lessons that, you know, kind of went pretty dead for two or three weeks. And now people are starting to pop up and people are starting to understand there is a time when they're going to get back to playing golf again. I mean, the golf courses here have been open, but people, you know, a lot of people are playing, but, you know, just for fun. But the the tournament, serious golfers, they're understanding there there is it is time to buckle down and start starting the engine back up again. So that's nice. And I, I definitely see an, the interest starting to raise and go back up again. And so I think that'll happen pretty quickly here in Florida over the next week or two, frankly. So, so that's exciting. Um, the, the unfortunate part is it's going to kick in right in the middle of the, the, the hot, miserable season here. So, you know, right when it's 100 degrees and raining is when I'm going to be able to go back to the golf course. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, I think uh, – I'm excited that that it seems to be moving in the right direction. I know in Virginia we still have a, I think our order is all the way till mid June, um, so but golf is still allowed in in Virginia because it's an exercise. So uh, getting out there, actually, my son and I are going to go out later today, film a couple of videos um, for some catfish stuff or some not catfish skateboard stuff. Um, trying to build some video platform stuff there. Um, so we're, we're trying to, you know, so we're going to get out of the golf course, hit some balls, do some filming. And again, I think it goes back to, I think what's been fascinating is it slowed us down. It allowed us to restructure and kind of set our bearings on where we want to be as a group and as an organization, even the, these four on how we can benefit uh, players that we work with and players in the system. So I think, uh, I think, like I said, COVID is awful. Um, I, I feel for anybody out there. My wife works at the hospital, so she's in it day after day. Um, and just the stories that I hear from from that is just awful. But just the understanding of, you know, us professionally being able to reboot, reorganize and start laying things out, building for the future has been really exciting. So to me, that was the benefit of this lockdown. And, and homeschooling was not a benefit. I have a 12-year-old. Yeah. I have a 16-year-old. She knows it all, so it's not a big deal. But um, yeah, it's it's been a it's been an interesting couple months, and again, juggling all the at home time. And as everyone laughs at my internet speeds, juggling internet speeds has been fun. Everyone, get off thirty minutes. You know, I got a call. Bears, juggling <laughs> bears. Yeah. Hope your spelling's improved as well. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I think it really it has the fact that I'm working with a seventh grader, so my my core vocabulary is getting stronger. <laughs> yes <laughs> i know my maths has improved it's amazing how much they learn now my son hits me and i'm like oh well, let me think on this one hold on <laughs> i'm amazed when the, you know my kids bring me uh math homework how badly worded the questions are i see questions that are just insanely bad like i'm like that's the dumbest question ever i don't even know how you begin to answer that <laughs> uh, it might be just safe. me yeah, but i don't safe. think it's just me i'm like, I'm like it's unbelievable the question the questions get worse as he has more and more drinks. If yeah. in doubt, blame the punctuation in the question. <laughs> Jimmy, you punctuation. said you one last week. 
And I was I like, I no, I, you, you sent me one last week. Jamie did, you know, he's working with Woody. And I, went, I have no idea what they're trying to ask here. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying. They're, they're, yeah. they're worded so poorly. I don't know how anybody freaking gets A's anymore. <laughs> anyway, if you're homeschooling, you just give them an A. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, in the States, I love the fact that Jamie talked about uh, multiplication tables. In the States, they don't do multiplication tables anymore. They do new math, which is time lines. And I don't, my son's laying out this math problem and it's got 42 different number lines and all this stuff's going on. And I'm like, you know, seven times seven is you take the table, that's 49. Just memorize it. Yeah. Like, well, like, that sounds like a golf <laughs> lesson. Uh, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. <49. The> new <laughs> golf. <laughs> That's right. uh, ooh, there's a topic. How, yeah. how new math and golf are similar in, in instructive <laughs> value. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's let's shut it down here. I, I thank the gentleman for joining us once again. Thank for everyone that is listening to these full. Uh, we enjoy it. Our numbers keep growing. We appreciate that. Uh, keep sending us topics. Um, I'm terrible with Insta chat. The whole. <laughs> thing up in the corner with the arrow and you're getting messages i had 10 messages lined up in, in general and not primary i didn't know there was a difference and, and i'm like how can i get rid of this number in the corner and my daughter looks at me like you're an idiot let me homeschool you uh so i did it it'll go back and answer Let those um so keep sending them i'm getting better you guys are teaching me uh so thank you there and thank you for joining this hunt thank you thank you thank you